looking back on it, I I was uh, I was saying to you, Don, earlier that I think when I started the business when I was twenty five, it it worked to my advantage in many ways because one, my expectations were low. I was happy. I was happy to be making money. I was happy to be have winning clients, and and I had. Um, you know, kind of low expectations. I didn't need to win a ton of stuff all the time. I, it wasn't the, the, the stakes weren't quite as high. Um, also my, my aspirations were really high. I was, I felt like I was going to become the next, you know, billionaire. Welcome to My Company Story, a show for business owners by business owners, the challenges they face, and how they've overcome them. So here I am with Matt Michlowski, president and founder of Pixel Agency in downtown Los Angeles. Pixel is a digital agency, and Matt's going to talk with us about the challenges of starting and running a digital agency in Los Angeles. First, Matt, welcome to the program. Thanks, Don. And uh, tell us a little bit first about what is digital, uh, what is a digital agency and what is Pixel? So uh, a digital agency is, uh, well, particularly Pixel, we, we brand ourselves as a creative technology agency, which is uh, an agency that produces both creative and technology projects and, and solutions um, for marketing. Okay. And um, tell me, who are your customers? I mean, what kind of customers do you guys have? Yeah. So being in Los Angeles and the entertainment being the, uh, or the, the entertainment industry being the, the primary industry here, uh, we m- work mostly with uh, with large movie studios and television networks. Great. And when did you start your company? I started Pixel in 2012. And how old were you then? I was 25. 25. So you had just graduated a couple years before? Yes. I was uh, about three years out of college at that time. Where'd you go to school? I went to Arizona State University, go Sun Devils. <laughs> so. And what was your major there in school? I studied finance. And did you know you always wanted to start your own company or what was your, when you were a kid in school or just graduating, what were your thoughts about uh, life after graduation? Well, yeah, I was, uh, I, I think uh, about six months before graduation, I had a little bit of a existential crisis of sorts because I, uh, I was studying finance in school and kind of following just this path that my grandfather and father had set before me, both of whom had worked on Wall Street and um, I too had done some internships uh, while in college on Wall Street, and uh, I realized when I was there that it wasn't really something I was passionate about. And uh, at the time when I was in college, I had a band where I played guitar and I was the lead singer. And I realized that music and creativity was where my passion laid. So when I graduated from ASU in 2009, uh, I decided, you know, rather than going to New York, why don't I go to Los Angeles? Number one, it's, it's a bit closer to Arizona and I just needed to make sure I had enough gas money to get home <laughs> in case things didn't work out. I couldn't right. find a job. But then also, um, I figured, you know, there's entertainment industry there. Maybe I can get a job working for a, a music company or a, a movie studio, uh, and, and working in finance in that field, but at least I would feel some comfort knowing that, that I was, uh, contributing to a, a 
bigger creative endeavor, even if I was working in a boring finance position. Um, and then I moved out to Los Angeles. And of course, 2009 was the midst of the recession. It was very difficult to find a job. Um, so I took up uh, doing some some freelance web site uh, projects that I was picking up off of Craigslist just to pay the bills. Hmm, and, uh, and then I ended up, uh, meeting somebody through a friend of a friend who worked at an agency. And I told her about what I was doing. And she said, we're, uh, you know, actually we might have a job for you. It's a, it doesn't pay very well. It pays $36,000, but, uh, you know, I was like, that's great. That sounds that's amazing. A lot of money. That's, yeah. that's fantastic. Cause I'm currently, uh, sleeping on a couch <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> and, uh, and doing projects off of Craigslist. Um, so I went into that job interview, uh, in a suit and they laughed at me <laughs> because I was incredibly overdressed. It was a creative agency. Yeah. It was a creative agency. And, uh, needless to say, I got the job and that's, that's how I got started in this, in this profession. So how long did you stay with that company and what were you doing there? So, um, Kind of sadly enough, that company being 2009 only lasted for about three months after I, I started working there. And it was kind of crazy because earlier that year, I worked at a bank uh, when I was in, in college and and this bank had layoffs. And, and at the time when the bank laid everyone off, you know, it was very emotional. A lot of people were losing their livelihood. For me, I knew that I was graduating and they said that they were going to give, give us a three month severance. So I was, you know, like, okay, this is great. I, I'm going to get paid for the last three months of college and not have to work. This is, this is great. Um, but it was, it was kind of, it was just, you know, it was, it was almost like out of a movie for the second time within the same calendar year, a company, an office was shutting down um, because of, this recession that was, that was going on. Wow. And, um, yeah, it was also, it was also kind of shocking. There were a lot of people who had worked at this agency for a number of years and, uh, who, you know, they, this was, uh, you know, their career and their family. And I'd been there for three months. So I, I was pretty new. I was already, I guess, um, I'd been there, done that, right. uh, with this kind of situation. But, you know, luckily I guess by some, you know, because I was so new and I guess I had, I had demonstrated great work ethic. Um, a number of the people who were working there got brought over to another agency, uh, and I, I was one of them. So. so you got swept up and, and went to a different agency yeah. then, doing similar work? Similar similar thing, and you know, it actually turned out to be great for me because it was a much bigger company, and um, the role that I was doing at the time was a user experience designer, and in 2010... 2011. This was a very new area of design, uh, but also very sought after as is kind of the heyday of app development and user experience was a big buzzword at the time. So me being a 23 year old um, lead UX designer at an agency of about 500 people, it got me into a lot of different uh, projects and a lot of different opportunities and um, a lot of client meetings. And it was actually in those client meetings that I realized that uh, clients were looking at me and when I was presenting right. my ideas and they were very engaged and it seemed like they would seem, they, they were really respecting what I was doing. Yeah. And I was thinking the whole time, like, 
I'm kind of making this up. Like I studied finance in school. <laughs> I'm, I've been out here for for two years. Why are they listening to me? But I guess you know, I I you know, looking back on my work from that was now almost ten years ago, I'm like, uh, you know, this isn't bad. This is pretty good work. I mean, there's it some good thought that I had in there at the time, and and I think it was just being maybe it was just a na- the nature of me being a younger person at that time and having these this creative skill set being able to think like take something I'd seen and adapt it a little bit, just like I did when I was a musician uh, in college and in high school, uh, kind of taking something, adapting it a little bit um, in an interface and presenting it and knowing confidently that it would work and that it would make sense. And, and um, yeah, I don't know. I think it, it, that, that going into those meetings and talking with clients and having them seem more engaged with me than they were with my boss's boss, um, it gave me confidence. Um, so eventually what happened was some people from this agency had left um, and started reaching out to me about projects they were working on, on the side or the new company they were at. They needed some some freelance help. And I realized that I could pick up this work and do it on the weekend. And um, And eventually I said, you know, could you give me two days of work? And I went to another person. I said, can you give me three days of work? Mm. And then I said, I went to my boss and I said, I'm out of here. I'm out of here. I got five <laughs> days of work. Okay. Yeah. So at the, how old were you then? You were. I was, it uh, was a week before my 25th birthday. And so you are working for yourself then at this time. Now, did you start pixel at that time or did pixel come as a byproduct of that? Or how did that form? You actually had employees. Yeah. So then actually, um, you know, it just naturally progressed from there. I, um, being, having a finance background and my mom being a CPA, uh, she knew the first thing that I needed to do if I was going to be working as a consultant was set up some sort of business Mm -hmm. for my taxes. Right. Uh, and I'm very fortunate to have had my mom be a CPA and be able to, uh, lend her experience to me when, uh, at the stage with, with starting my business. And we decided to set up Pixel as an S-Corp, and she explained to me the benefits uh, of doing that. Um, and, and along with that, you know, I had to set up a payroll oh, yeah. system. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I set oh, up- Did you have employees at this time? No, I was the only employee. But, okay. And I, I thought that was kind of weird that <laughs> I was like, I'm depositing checks into the business bank account, and then I have a payroll company- right that I have to submit my payroll to pay me <laughs> right? to just transfer from one account to another one. Right. Basically. Right. But your mom said, do it this way. I had to do it that way. Yeah. But it, I guess it kind of planted the seed in my head that I could have employees because I have a payroll company. Right. So why not just have employees? Like, Take another employee. Why can't I have employees? Yeah. Um, so, but you know, that, that started. And then, I, and then at the same time that that was happening, I started picking up more and more consulting work. And I realized at a certain point, at this stage of my life, I lived in a house in the Hollywood Hills that I shared with four other guys. We mm-hmm. had a five bedroom, like mansion house that we rented from some divorced couple that I guess they couldn't sell it or whatever. So they rented it out. Right. We had five guys living in this house and we were each paying about a thousand bucks a month, which for LA rent, that's pretty, that was pretty reasonable. Right. But we were living in this really nice house because right. um, nice. it was like a million dollar, million and a half dollar house, you know? Yeah. And, um, so I don't know, I was living in this house. I didn't really have 
major expenses at that time. I, right. My my rent was a thousand dollars a month, and I had other living expenses. I was you know eat at in and out. I would uh, so I didn't really have that much. Um, my costs were pretty reasonable, and uh, so I just started you know picking up a lot of work, and um, and I was making way more money than I had ever made in my life. Um, and then I decided, you know what, maybe it's time for me to start trying to scale this into a business. I can hire an intern for 15 bucks an hour or something right. like that. Paying right. 15 bucks an hour for an intern is a pretty good rate. Right. And I can hire an intern and I can have, I can outsource some of my work to them. And then that, that was kind of the start of it. And then I kind of got the bug going in my head as far as how to hire people and how to delegate. Right. Now, at some point, you had mentioned to me that you had you took a loan out to start the company. And when was that? And what, tell me about that. What did you? What did you? How, how did you finance? And what did you do, need that money for? Yeah. So, in the for the first year um, of Pixel, this was twenty twelve to twenty thirteen. It was it was basically a one man consulting company with my intern assistant person mm-hmm. who helped me with with things. Um, but then in 2013, I said, you know what? Uh, it was actually around the same time that WeWork was coming out, and um, the one of the first WeWorks in the United States opened up in Hollywood, and uh, it was great for me because I was like, I can, I can buy, I can rent a small office here for a thousand bucks a month, and you know, it kind of gave me another sense of feeling legitimate as a, as a business owner. Mm-hmm. You know, at the time it was, it was really big boost of confidence to be like, I have an office. I have an office. Yeah. And, yeah. That's neat. <laughs> you know, so, um, so that was, that was really great and instrumental for me. But then, then the other thing was that at that point I started, I got an opportunity to do oh, an e-commerce website and okay. it was, um, for about the budget was about $30,000 mm-hmm. and, um, at the time that was a, that was a, a big project for me. I'd never done a project of that size before. Uh, and I knew that I was going to need a designer and, and developer. And, uh, and then at the same time, I knew that I needed to kind of keep the pipeline going. Mm-hmm. So I knew that I needed at that time to hire a couple of people. Uh, but that's the other challenge was that, um, you know, I needed, I knew I needed to have some reserves. Mm-hmm. Uh, now my payroll was going to be about, uh, for, for, for me, two other guys and an intern. And keep in mind, we weren't getting paid a lot at this time, but it was about like, mm, I don't know. I want to say it's maybe $20,000 a month or so. Um, pretty modest by like today's, (laughs) my, my numbers today, but like at the time it was, that was $20,000 a month was a lot. That was very, that was a lot of money for me at the yeah, time. Yeah, of know? course. Um, and we, and the WeWork, I have to pay a thousand dollars a month for that. That was, you know, all this stuff kind of was adding up. So I, uh, I was like, you know, I might need to get some money. So I went, um, my, my grandparents are retired. Uh, and I, I called them up and I said, Hey, I'm starting a business. Um, uh, and if, if at all possible, um, you know, I'd love if, if there's a way I, I need a, a little bit of startup capital here just to, just to give me some cash flow flexibility, uh, with, with accounts receivable and, and all that. And I put together a business plan, a business projection of how, how I thought we were going to do over the next 12, 24, 36 months. 
and sent that over to them. And we drafted a, a loan agreement and they were able to loan me $20,000, which I um, you know, paid back over the next 24 months. Wow. Uh, never missed a payment or anything. Yeah. Um, but you know, it, it wasn't, it wasn't much, but it was at the time it was a big help because it did give me that, that, that kind of cash flow flexibility that I needed. And then, and then after that, I, uh, I think, I think when that was coming up, I went to the bank and I had enough of a, uh, history, history at that time to mm-hmm. be able to get a line of credit. Okay. So you got a lot of credit and you had your, and so what did you do with the money that you had from your grandparents and a lot of credit? Did you start adding new employees then, or, or how did you balance employees versus uh, new business coming in? Yeah. Well, I think a big challenge with a business like mine, a service-based business is, is really the cash flow. Mm. I think that's something that's a challenge with any small business, but particularly one that has high labor costs, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, in the early days and even still today, uh, most of my cost is labor Mm -hmm. is employees. Employees are the most expensive part and projects, you know, clients take, you know, anywhere from 30 to 60 to 90 days to pay, Mm -hmm. but payroll needs to be made every 15 days. Right. And rent needs to be paid every month. Right. And other bills need to be paid. So um, that was always a very big challenge for me. I luckily never had an instance where I've missed payroll for anybody or or missed rent or not made a bill. Right. Um, you know, sometimes it was a little tighter than others, <laughs> but bad. but uh, but you know, that's what that's what this that's why borrowing and having the ability to borrow money was really helpful for, for my business. Not because I didn't use it to, didn't really use it to invest in new things. I Mm -hmm. just used it to, uh, to to bridge the gaps Mm -hmm. to float, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Good. Uh, at some points I I'd say, you know, I was looking to maybe make a key hire and I I thought, you know, maybe this will take a a month or two or three for it to pan out. Mm -hmm. But usually I had something for them to do. So it wasn't really quite like I was using any money I borrowed for those types of things. Great. Yeah. Now, Matt, tell, tell us a little bit about uh, who your customers are and what do you do for those guys? Yeah. So uh, I mentioned earlier that our primary customers are movie studios and, and television networks. Um, so um, specifically uh, NBC Universal, Paramount, 20th Century Fox, um, FX, uh, Warner Brothers. Uh, and what we do for them is, uh, as a creative technology agency, is, uh, again, a mix of creative and technology and a lot of things that are a mix of, of both of those. Um, Can you give us an example of a project you did for one of those studios? Yeah. So, I mean, uh, some of the biggest projects we've done are DreamWorks.com, UniversalPictures.com, FoxMovies.com. You built those websites. Yeah, we built those websites. We designed them, built them, maintained them. Uh, and then we work on a number of campaigns doing other things like digital sticker packs, um, social media campaigns, uh, special social media content like video content. For particular movies and TV shows? Yeah, in support of their, their marketing campaigns. What would be an example of one that the audience might know? Um, well, um, I mean, we've really worked on, uh, pretty much every 20th century Fox campaign in the last four years. So Deadpool, Deadpool two X-Men, 
uh, and then uh, you know all to all the the smaller movies in between mm-hmm. Eddie the Eagle uh, you know uh, we're working right now on this movie Stuber mm-hmm. that's coming out in a few weeks um, and then we've also worked on a number of films with 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 other studios um, we're working on one right now with uh, United Artists called Where Do You Go Bernadette uh, we're also we've also worked on a number of films with Paramount including Transformers Bumblebee uh, Greece uh, for their 25th or 30th anniversary. So what kind of products would people have seen that you guys have done for those movies? I mean, what is the end? What, what are they buying and how, do, how, do they, how does that interact with the public? Well, I would say if you've been to an official site for any movie in the last few years, or mm-hmm. if you've been to a movie studio's website, there's a good chance that it was something that we might've done. Wow. Um, if you have, uh, Again, I mentioned we've done some digital sticker packs for a few things. Uh, What's a digital sticker pack? What um, is that? So in iMessage uh, and on Instagram, there are the ability for you to add these little animated stickers to your text messages or to your Instagram stories uh, that you can you know, augment to, you know, in your, in your, in your message, in your message. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so one, one tactic that studios might use to market a movie is that, you know, we're the products that we're marketing, they're pop culture. It's mm-hmm. pop culture stuff that people like and enjoy and they want to share. So it makes sense sometimes like for Greece, for instance, for the 25th or 30th anniversary, uh, we did these, digital stickers of, um, you know, the grease lightning car. Oh yeah. That was a little animated cartoony version of the car, like, um, like quotes from, from the movie with like animated cartoony kind of versions of the characters. Mm -hmm. And that went on to, uh, to earn, I think 30 million or 40 million impressions across all these different platforms. Wow. Uh, people using them in their Instagram stories. They had a Grease sing along at the Hollywood Bowl and it was being used on there. People were posting, you know, videos from there and then just type, typing in Grease uh, in the Instagram sticker search and right. then adding one of our stickers to it. And um, so that's something that we've done, that, that uh, piece of creative. Uh, we also just recently worked with fx on a new show what we do in the shadows mm-hmm. it's a spinoff from a, a movie that came out a few years ago a cult classic about it's like a documentary about vampires in the modern day mm. living in like their roommates and they have these like roommate problems but they're also vampires <laughs> so we did a series of video content for this new tv show that's based on on that movie um one of the characters in the show he's an energy vamp- vampire and he basically he feeds off of sucking the energy out of the room by <laughs> being really boring and just monotone and drab. So we made we pitched this concept to the client and they they took it and we executed it where we would do these uh, 30 minute videos where he would be reading something like the Spotify Terms of Service or the Art of Public Speaking mm. for 30 minutes right. and just monotone, monotone drab. boring. Yep. He was sitting at an office desk with like fluorescent lights. It just looked like, and he's he's just uh, the actor. Uh, he's just this really funny, right? Bo- like so boring, deadpan guy. guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
And uh, so we did that with them. So we'll, we'll do like stuff like that. Kind of so, so walk me through. So a typical day or week, I mean, are you then uh, called by the movie studios to say, hey, we've got a movie coming up. We'd like you guys to screen it, come and look at it and then give us some ideas how to promote it. Is it, is, is that, do I have that right? Or tell me what you, how, how does that work? Yeah, exactly. So we, we will uh, be, be called by the studio to come in read a script um, or watch a screener of the film in a movie theater on the studio lot. Um, and from there we will go back to the office, have a brainstorm, uh, put together um, a bunch of ideas and then present them to the studios and, um, and then kind of take it from there. They'll say yes, no, or change this. And then you'll, you'll get the project and then go yeah. back home and work on it. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Right. Good. Good. So, and so we probably do about, we, we probably do on average, I'd say one of those a week. Wow. That's yeah. a lot. Yeah. It seems like a lot. There are a lot of movies that come out. So, yeah. You know, yeah. That's and a lot. We've worked on, I, I know I mentioned before some, some really good movies and movies that are, not you know, so good. Probably, yeah, big hits. But then there's, yeah, there's tons of yeah. garbage movies too. <laughs> like, no offense if any of my clients are listening. <laughs> Actually, all my clients would probably agree with me. They'd be like, yeah, a lot of them are garbage. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. You know? yeah. But it's, 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 it's fun though. You know, I, I, I always try to say that I look at every movie, uh, try to be optimistic about it, not, not cynical uh, about like this movie is bad. I try to think about, okay, who would this movie appeal to? And I try to put myself in that position. I try to think of somebody in my, in my life who, who it would appeal to and what would get them to want to go see it in theaters. That's the most important thing is trying to think about how you're going to get people to go see it in theaters. What's going to motivate them to see it in theaters. And, you know, another kind of thing on that as well is that I've always kind of been personally, I don't really love advertising. I don't think anybody loves advertising, but I think of, you know, advertising for movies and TV shows, it's almost like, you know, I don't know if I'm crazy with this, but I feel like it's kind of like doing a service for people because people want to go to movies. People want to be entertained Mm -hmm. and people want to know what movies are out. So if you can kind of, if you can catch somebody's attention and get them to, to create awareness that this movie's out and it creates an opportunity for them to go out and then, with their friends or their family and have a good time and enjoy a movie, um, then that's good. That's fantastic. Even if it's a bad movie. And that, you know? and that, <laughs> and that ultimately that's the service you pixel provides yeah. is that service out there. Yeah. That's great. So I try to like look at it altruistically and like, I'm making the world a better place, but you know, by exposing them to movies. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. <laughs> oh, you are. By bombarding <laughs> them with like, stupid sticker backs right yeah. <laughs> yeah, whatever works. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever works. That's right. Yeah. <clears throat> Matt, tell us a little bit, about what you've learned with growing a business in that environment, having employees, having contract employees, managing a workforce where work comes and goes. I mean, tell us a little bit about what you've learned or some of the lessons in that. Yeah. So, I mean, definitely learned a lot. <laughs> I think if I you know, was to start Pixel all over again today, there's definitely many things I would have done a little bit differently. I think one thing that it's easy to get caught up on is is being so obsessed with growing all the time and i think that's something that um you know i don't know if it's just because of the time we live in and seeing i think for me the whole silicon valley thing and just seeing how oh companies are are just growing and they're not making any profits but they're just growing and they're getting venture capitalist funding and 
I don't know if that had an influence on me, but I realized over time that, you know, running, running a traditional business, you really just need to be, you have to learn how to manage your risk. And mm. for me in the beginning, I somehow was like, just really focused on growing my staff and growing my payroll and getting more people on. But I realized that a lot of our work is project-based and, and things change all the time. In the early days of Pixel, um, and by early days, I mean like five years ago, mm-hmm. um, clients would come to us all the time and say, we want to make a Tumblr site. And Don, you're looking at me like, you're like, I don't know what Tumblr is, but, uh, <laughs> I've heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's like, Tumblr is not a thing anymore. Okay. It's like five years ago. <laughs> it went from being something that was something that we would get asked all the time. Like, can we, can we make a custom Tumblr site for planet of the apes? Can we make a custom Tumblr site for this new TV show? Right. And you know, that was a big part of our business. And now it's like old news, you know, <laughs> like no sticker packs that. didn't exist five years ago and five years. I'm going to be like sticker packs. Who cares what, about those? Yeah. You know, like it's all about something else. That so things change so quickly in your industry, things, right? Things change so quickly and the people you need are always changing. And, and the movies that we're working on are always changing. And sometimes you go through ups and downs with the business and you win some pitches. And sometimes, you, you know, we, I said, we pitch, do a pitch a week. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I say, uh, if you bat over 300 for your career, you're going to the hall of fame. So right. let's just say we, we make about, we win something from about 30%, 35% yeah. of That's those. good. But sometimes we might go through a period where we'll win something from like 60% of them. We'll right. just go on a hot streak. And sometimes right. we'll go through or a, a cold period streak. where we yeah. are in a slump yeah. and we're like, are we ever going to win something ever again? Yeah. Um, and in my, in the early days, again, my obsession kind of, or focus, not obsession, more like a focus on, on adding more employees. I think it put me in a tight spot sometimes where I didn't want to like let somebody go, but they weren't really, didn't really have anything from do. And it's kind of like making stuff for them to do. And, uh, you know, I, I think that I would have made a lot more money if I, <laughs> number one, could just remove myself from the situation, the emotional oh, yeah. situation of saying, oh, yeah. I, have to, I like, really like this person, but I like have to let them go. I have nothing for them to do. Or if I had just said, you know what? I'm not going to hire people until I really, 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 really need that person all the time. Mm-hmm. And maybe relied more on contractors. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's actually something I'm doing a little bit more now. I said, you know, I, I'm going to face the reality here. I'm going to have a core team that's really good that can help generate new business and help do the work that we have coming in consistently. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to use experienced contractor professionals where needed or, or outsource to other, other vendors who specialize in certain areas. Right. um, Because we, we are doing such a wide range of different types of things. Right. Right. And that way, yeah, I'm going to pay more when I need them. But when I don't need them, I don't pay anything. What do you look for in an employee? I mean, what do you look for when you're bringing somebody on? Either you start, I imagine you start them as a contractor, and then if they work out, they go to employee, or is it not that way? Or, and what are your what's your criteria for people? Uh, you know, a little bit of everything. You know, when I'm ready for an employee, sometimes I'm ready for an employee. But I think now my new my new strategy is 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 maybe work as a contractor and then, and that way, you know, we'll see if, if there's another project that comes in, if it becomes more of a consistent thing. Um, but, but nonetheless, you know, I think when it comes to hiring an employee, the most important thing is just the attitude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and right. the, and I hear that over and over yeah, again. Yeah, yeah ex- exactly. It's like, 
you could be the most talented developer, the most talented creative person, but if you can't get along with other people or you have a bad attitude about circumstances that are out of our control, timelines, budgets, you know, it I know it it sucks sometimes. It sucks when you don't have enough time to do things, but I've realized myself like you know, we can either do it or we or we don't and somebody else can do it. So, right, right. um you just have to have a good attitude and you have to understand like that what we're doing there's there there are a million other people who are who would line up and come in here tomorrow and right. do it if you don't want to do it. So, right. I know that sounds a little bit you know, whatever, but <laughs> a little cold. But, yeah, a little cold, <laughs> but uh but no, just like but the thing is I've realized that there there have been many people who work for me or have worked for me who have great attitudes and who, who like, who, who are always open to, you know, to working to get it done. And we, we, you know, I, I say, you know, thank you so much for, for helping us get through this. And and they're like, not a problem, you know, but like, I'm happy with the way it turned out. And we're like, yes, look at what we've accomplished. That's nice. And that's great when you have those types of attitude and people that, that we work with each other to build each other up and to, uh, make things get. That's good. Yeah. Matt, in this industry that is moving so quickly, where do you see the future? I mean, where do you see it in two years, three years, or five years from now? Oh, well, uh, you know, I, I look at that from multiple angles. I mean, I work in entertainment industry, but then I also work in a technology and marketing industry. Right. So, I mean, in every, in all three of those, it's changing rapidly. Rapidly. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, entertainment, there's uh, a lot of uncertainty right now about the future of theatrical and 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 home entertainment mm-hmm. and what movies perform better on streaming services and and how are streaming services going to perform against theatrical and and um, and then also with marketing. Um, there's some bigger discussions about you know the consolidation of platforms for for marketing and for media, put it placing media dollars. Right. Like everything seems to be consolidating on Facebook and Google, but is that going to change? Is there going to be, is Facebook going to get broken up? Is Mm -hmm. Google going to get broken up? Mm -hmm. Who knows what's going to happen with that stuff? Like where, what's the big platform going to be in four years? I don't know. Like I said, Tumblr was big five years ago, a couple of years. Yeah. 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 Now it's not. Yeah. MySpace was huge 15 years ago when I was in high school. Um, so what's going to be the next, I don't know, nothing, nobody knows. And then also technology. I mean, what's, what's happening with technology? What's the next innovation, you know, is AR, VR, we, I, we, we still, we've, there's a lot happening with AR and VR, but truthfully in marketing, it just isn't worth the, the cost right now at this time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But is that going to change? Is is there going to be some new device that comes out that makes AR and VR more accessible and easier for, for marketing uh, purposes. Right. So you're, what, what I hear you saying is that you don't know where the future is going to be, It's but you know it's going to be changing. You just don't know where that change is going to be, and you have to be aware of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. great. Matt, I know a lot of people listening to this broadcast are business owners or potential business owners or think people about thinking about getting into business or who are business owners currently. Is there anything you would like to tell them or tell a a young uh, Arizona student that's uh, thinking about getting into Arizona State. Arizona State, sorry, yeah. <laughs> Arizona State. Yeah. <laughs> uh, student about getting into business. I mean, is there anything you'd like to pass along to someone listening? 
Oh yeah. Well, I mean, um, think carefully before you do it. Uh, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely a lot of work. Um, you've just got to, I think looking back on it, I, I was, uh, I was saying to you, Don earlier that I think when I started the business, when I was 25, it, it worked to my advantage in many ways, because one, my expectations were low. I was happy, you know, with, with whatever. I mean, I, I didn't really, I was happy to be making money. I was happy to be have winning clients and, and I had, um, you know, kind of low expectations. I didn't need to win a ton of stuff all the time. I, it wasn't the, the, the stakes weren't quite as high. Um, also my, my aspirations were really high. I was, I felt like I was going to become the next, you know, billionaire guy. I felt like I had that, you know, potential right now I'm like 32. I've become a little bit more realistic with (laughs) stuff. I think I'll be okay. But like I, but I've set my, my goals a little bit differently now. Right. And I, I wonder, you know, I think because I was so gung ho and kind of young at the time and didn't really have, I didn't have, I wasn't married. I didn't even have a girlfriend. I wasn't, hadn't even met my wife yet at the time. I just didn't really have, there wasn't much to risk. Right. So, right. I wasn't really that afraid. Are you glad you took that path or are there regrets? Yeah. I mean, well, I'm definitely glad I took that path. I think, you know, I, I was able to build something and, and, uh, and I've had a lot of fun doing it. A lot of challenges, a lot of, definitely a lot of challenges. I mean, I think everybody, a lot of times people, I don't know, maybe I think this, maybe it's not true, but I feel like people glamorize owning a business Mm -hmm. and it's actually, you know, it, it's tough. It's tough because, you know, the business owner, you don't have, nobody's there to, you can't, you can't, uh, there's nothing, the, it's a, the buck stops with you. you Right. So it's, it's it's lonely. Yeah. Yeah. If, if business is slow, you're paying for it. If a project gets canceled, you're paying for it. You know, nobody else has the potential to lose money, Mm -hmm. but also, you know, you also have the potential to make a lot more money. So, but you know, when you're losing money, that hurts really, really bad. You know? It's, it's <laughs> like, your money when really you're losing bad. money, yeah. not somebody else's. I think honestly, I mean, I don't mean to, I think that sometimes it's like, you know, I, I would rather not have a job. Yeah. Like I'd rather be unemployed sometimes than be losing money. Sure. And I would, you know, like, sure. as sure. crazy as that is, I just like, but you know, that comes with the, that comes with the, the good and the bad. Yep. And then the other thing is, uh, you know, I, I guess I am really lucky in the entertainment business because I work with every studio pretty much. Mm-hmm. And I'm, uh, you know, in one week on the universal lot, on the paramount lot, on the Fox lot, um, or, uh, at another client. And, uh, I get to see how all these studios operate mm-hmm. and I feel like it gives me, um, you know, another level of clarity when it comes to figuring out how to solve marketing problems and, and maybe, you know, um, just understanding how those businesses run. That's great. Yeah. Yep. That's fantastic, Matt. Thanks so much for your time. I think we're going to conclude this now. Yeah. It's getting pretty warm in here. Yeah. It is getting kind of warm in here. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks very much for your time. And, uh, we'll continue. All right. Thanks. 
Hey, thanks for listening to this podcast. If you like what you heard, you can go to mycompanystory.com to find previous episodes, or you can go to iTunes and subscribe to My Company Story, where we have new episodes coming out every week.